Testing. Are you there? I'm here loud and clear. Sounds good. Thank you. Dr. Alanda, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Perfect. Loud and clear. Thanks, Doc. We'll bring you in a little later. Dr. Kemp, testing. Are you there? Good evening. Can you hear me? Perfect. Loud and clear. Jim, testing. Are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Perfect. Loud and clear. All right. Thanks so much. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Good evening. Welcome to another evening of Dr. Cliff Burton Friends featuring the absolute very best in all the women's sports and HBCU athletics. And we have a, a little bit extra for you for sure tonight. And uh, before we get going, I want to introduce our co-host. All righty, Jeff, tell him hello. Hey, good evening, folks. How's everybody doing? All right now. Dr. Kemp, tell everybody hello. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining. All right, Chi-Town's finest. And from the Motor City Miracle himself, <laughs> Jim, James Waddell. Tell everybody hello, Jim. Hey, what up, though, from the Motor City? <laughs> All right now. And we're going to introduce our special guest, Dr. Londa Stevens in about 30 minutes. Okay, we also wanna say welcome to our five listeners already on the line in the engagement room. And we wanna say welcome to our marketing specialist, Diana, and also to Chris. And so we're ready to go tonight. We wanna to say welcome as well. Our co-host, Mrs. Bowers, Joelle Bowers, Fisk University's Hall of Fame volleyball player. Joelle, are you there? How you doing? Yeah. I'm doing fine. Thank you so much. Can you guys hear me? We're good. We're good. Thank you. Yes. All right. Thank you. Excited to be welcoming with these exciting co-hosts and for our lineup for tonight. Thank you, Dr. Burke. You got it. You got it. All righty. We have about a 10 second moment of silence and then we'll get started. Uh, Dr. Kemp on our world news section. Dr. Kemp. I'm sure. Good evening, everyone. Um, tonight, we're just going to celebrate the life of one of the actors who passed away last Monday, um, actor Andre Keith Bauer. Brower. He was born July 1st, 1962, and passed away, as we all know, December 11, 2023. He was an American actor known for his roles as Detective Frank Pimbleton in the NBC police drama series Homicide. Life on the Street from 1993 to 1999, as well as Captain Raymond Holt in the Fox NBC police comedy series, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And he was in that role from 2013 to 2021. He won two Primetime Emmy Awards and was nominated for two Golden Globe Awards. His career started as part of the public theater Shakespeare's in the Park, appearing in numerous um, Shakespeare um, roles, as well as film and television roles as well. One of his roles that he was best known was um, back in 1989, when he starred along um, our one of our favorite actors, Denzel Washington, in the movie Glory. 
Mr. Barrow was born in Chicago on July 1st, 1962. He was the son of, post, of a postal worker as well as a machine operator. He had three older siblings and was raised in the Austin neighborhood of Chicago's West Side. He attended mm -hmm. the infamous St. Ignatius College Prep for high school students and earned a scholarship to actually attend Stanford University. He initially majored in engineering and he found that he enjoyed acting so much and graduated with a BA in theater in 1984. He attended Juilliard School School's Drama Division, graduating in 1988. And again, as we know, he has uh, starred in numerous films, theaters, um, and movie roles. He um, was married and actually co-starred um, who his wife co-starred with him in Homicide Life on the Street. They have three sons um, and they actually live here in New Jersey. In lieu of flowers, the family asks that you donate um, to the Classical Theater of Harlem, mm -hmm. where he served as uh, a, one of the board of directors since 2019. And he also helped purchase and preserve the Howell House here in Montclair, New Jersey. All righty. Okay. Thank you so much, Dr. Kim. All righty. Mr. Andre Crowder. We have a sad note in the sports world tonight. North Carolina, Chapel Hill star Eric Montrose, basketball player, 1971 to 2023. He passed on December 17th, surrounded by loved ones of cancer. So young. He was a uh, Car Hill standout. From 1990 to 1994, and his first few seasons, he played alongside the present Tar Heel coach, Mr. Hubert Davis. He also won uh, the national championship of the Tar Heels, the NCAA basketball championship, in 1993. He was an all NCC player. He also was the first round pick by the Boston Celtics, and he went on to play in the NBA and have a broadcasting career. He died so young. He was a great player, and. Um, just one of the great Carolina kids. James, Jim, tell me your thoughts. Eric Montrose. Well, he was a big guy. He was probably, I think he was number one rated player in his class. Mm -hmm. He went to North Carolina, like I said, won the championship, played a 10-year career in the pros. He played the Pistons a bit along with some other teams, but was a, seems like he was a good basketball player, but a better person from everybody yeah. that you talk to. Yeah. Typical Carolina, thank you so much, Jim. Typical Carolina kid, uh, most Carolina kids, you do not hear about them getting in trouble later on in life. And um, play for Dean Smith, the legendary Dean Smith, but one more time, we're so appreciative of him, and let's rest in peace, Eric Montrose, the big man, North Carolina. All right, now we're gonna celebrate, celebrate uh, a legend's birthday this month. In fact, it was today, 12-19-1941, and he died February 4th, 2016. He was a pure musical genius, had over 22 Grammys in his lifetime, and he was the founder of the group Earth, Wind, and Fire. That is none other than Mr. Maurice White. His birthday is today, and uh, you know, I'm going to ask Jeffrey Stark, Maurice White. Yep. Yes, sir. It's really fire. I tell you, man. 
this guy was something else. You know what I learned? I was I was trying to research on him. I did not know that he and Philip Bailey used to sing the high notes together. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. I just found this out researching it. Man, this is one of the baddest groups of all time. And his creativeness, uh, I don't know what to say, man. He's got so many awards, but, you know, he started out as a drummer. Yeah. He was a drummer for some of the greats. So, you know, you got to give him all the kudos in the world, man. Maurice White, Earth, Wind, and Fire, The Elements. That's the baddest band of all. <laughs> Absolutely. And Jeff, let me give you something else. People don't know this, but he started out and he went to college, a pre-med major, and he was a good student. But he heard mm-hmm. something in his head and he said music was his calling and he wanted to change the world. You know, everybody told me it was crazy. But, you know, hey, so much for medicine. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Maurice White. One more. Joelle. Maurice White, the founder of Earth, Wind, and Fire. Give us your comments. Joelle. Yes. Your comments on Earth, Wind, and Fire. Wind fire. Maurice White. Today is his birthday. Mm-hmm. Yes, I want to give a shout out to him because they're one of our most famous groups. They brought us the music and today being his birthday in December, Earth, Wind and Fire are one of America's most musical groups. Their sounds cross many genres such as jazz, R&B, soul, funk, disco, pop, Latin, Afro pop. So as a leader to... I just want to give him a shout out and for all that he poured into this and the whole genre during that time, Earth, Wind, and Fire led us for over a decade of soul music. Thank you. Thank you. True devotion. True devotion. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Now, this next uh, topic we're going to ask our securities expert, Jeff, to lead us out with, uh, it's happening all too often. This past week, Marvin... Haynes, an African-American male, was released from prison, one that was wrongfully convicted and sat 19 years incarcerated. This is something that is happening way too often. We're very happy he's released, but it should have never happened in the first place. Uh, Also, basketball great Maya Moore also stood up for social justice and ended up getting a young man who was convicted out and is married to him now. Jeff, talk to him on this problem and what we're going to do about it. We're going to have a part two on this two weeks from now. Jeff, talk to us about it. Well, uh, here we are again. Uh, this is just a, a common a common situation that happens. First of all, it happens more than we know. It happens more than it's reported. And uh, it's, this is a tough deal. It seems like they're playing chess from all different directions. Uh, this young man at 16, at 16, he was accused, convicted, and incarcerated. He was, you know, he was given a life sentence at 16. That's just uh, that affects not only the individual, but it affects the family. Uh, some of these young men have children, so it affects the the mothers and the children as well. So, this was just a tough situation. What gets me is that it seems like. A judge and the prosecuting attorney, the prosecuting attorney handled the case a decade ago, had the evidence apparently, and the and the evidence that cleared him today 
did not clear him a decade ago. That is amazing to me. I'm just trying to figure that out. Yeah. And yeah, so this is a thing that's all too common. Uh, I will say this uh, in my experience, one of the most critical times of an arrest, in particular of our young men, is the first 24 hours that they have been arrested and they have been detained and are interviewed by law enforcement. When they say, don't say something, that is one of the best things you can do. Wait for an attorney, wait for an apparent, a parent to be present because what they do, mm -hmm. what they do in while they're interviewing a minor, a child who is scared out of his mind and get them to, you know, coerce them to make, make, make statements that will affect them in the long run that they can hold against them. That particular time, the conversations are recorded without question. And so never say anything, definitely never sign anything. Hence, Central Park Five, folks, look it up. This is serious. This is what they're doing to our young men. And once you sign your name on the dotted line, once you say something that can be held against you, you better believe they're going to use it to convict you. That is a fact of life. And that is what's going on. That's just a small bit. Uh, not all law enforcement are bad. Don't get it twisted. I'm not trying to say that here. But what I am saying, there is enough out there that are misguided. They're using misinformation. They're lying. Look, in this particular case, there was no DNA. There was no gun present. There was no video surveillance. He was not on video camera. None of these things were, 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 were applied. So how is he guilty? All right. All right. he guilty? This happens far too often in Cliff. This is dear to my heart. And yeah. listen, we have to do better. We got to fight this from the ground up inside in our homes. Advise your boys, advise your girls of what to do in the presence of law enforcement. Yeah. Cliff, to you, Cliff. All righty. Yeah, thanks so much for coming back. Part two. In two weeks from now, we're going to spend our whole 20 minutes before we get on to sports. Jeff is going to be on you. We're going to carry this on. We want all of our listeners and everybody. This is, we, we just... We don't know everything we can do, but one thing we promise, we will not keep silent on Dr. Clifford and friends about this issue, y'all. Thank you so much, Jeff. Great job on that thing. All right, here we go, a year in review. Past year, on July, Woman of the Month in Sports. Y'all can look her up. Her name is Pearl Moore. Now, other time, we talked about Pearl, the Pearl Monroe, but this is the female version of the Pearl. Pearl Moore. Born in 1957, March 16th, she's a retired American professional basketball player, and she played for the Women's Professional Basketball League. But during her collegiate career at Francis Marion University, Pearl Moore established herself as one of the most prolific scorers in college history, male or female, and is an all-time career leading scorer in women's college basketball. She also played in 1979 in the WBL, uh, WBL the New York Stars. Let's Keep it very clear. Pearl Moore in her college career scored 4,045 career points. She averaged 30.6 points a game. Uh, no, but back up, 4,061 points. And she did it in an era when there was no three-point line. In 2021, Pearl Moore finally got inducted into the Naismith 
Hall of Fame. So, Jim, no, Dr. Kemp, Pearl Moore. Give us your thoughts. Oh, she was one woman. Oh, yeah, once yeah. again. And we actually discussed her previously on the show when we when Dr. Burke, you brought her to the forefront. Thank you again for just reiterating and just speaking of her again to those listeners um, as we do our woman um, in in review. She was definitely awesome, awesome player still alive. Um, yep. that we know yep. of um, and you know who knew back then without a three-point without the three-point line that you know someone can definitely score this many points over 4,000 points um, that's amazing I wonder if Caitlin Clark is gonna try to reach her 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 number of points you think she could know. make it I, I, but, no but no that's with the no. three points so she has three yeah no <laughs> all righty Joelle Barris you a basketball player you're just hearing about her maybe tonight. What do you think of Miss Pearl Moore? I think Miss Pearl Moore is outstanding. And first to be able to score 4,000 points in anything is a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. And the fact that she came from uh, Tennessee, I believe Harriman, Tennessee. Am I correct? No, she and from South Carolina. Florence? I think she lives there now. Florence, South Carolina. She may come from Tennessee, but she lives in Florence now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Outstanding, outstanding. And I just want my hats are off to her for what she accomplished. And um, other than that, I'm just astounded to Miss Pearl Moore, women's basketball. Yeah, yeah. I had a chance. I, I reached out to her. I did get the opportunity to speak with her on the phone, but she's uh, she's shy. And she said at this point, she didn't really do radio or anything anymore. But she's a tremendous woman. She lives in Florence, South Carolina. All righty, here we go. Volleyball season has come to a close. And uh, we want to congratulate all of our champions. But let's start first with the NAIA champion, the Indiana Wesleyan. They were 38-0. Then we want to go to Division III NCAA, the Juniata Eagles, 62-0 over the last two years. And they were the champion both years. Cal State of Los Angeles, Division II, our volleyball champs. And then let's talk about this one. The other day, Texas Longhorns defeated Nebraska, who had been number one all year in three straight sets. The Texas Longhorns are the defending champions. They lost Logan Eagleston, player of the year last year, but came back and they started the season like five and three, and they ended up 28 and four. So, Jim. Tell me what you think about Hook'em Horns, Texas Longhorns, winning the national championship. Let's give them a hand. They, they had a great season, and also the uh, daughter of Jermaine O'Neal was one of the star players on that team, and it's a great picture of them hugging mm -hmm. after the championship. So mm -hmm. shout out to Texas Longhorns for beating not one but two I think Nebraska was number one and Wisconsin was number two. So they, they, they hook them horns. Hook them horns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, Joelle, tell me what you think about the volleyball championship on Sunday. Texas. Now, going into the finals, four regions, there were three number one seeds, Pitt, Nebraska, and, uh, and there was one more, Wisconsin. But uh, – 
Texas was the only number two seed going into the Final Four, and they took it. What do you think about it, Joel? The championship. You were a volleyball player. Well, as a volleyball player, I think it's very interesting, and they are playing their hearts out. I think it's very exciting, and to look at that, they those that are at the top earned it at the top, and they have uh, to go back and look at their highlight reels and see how hard they work. Uh, they're building programs all over in volleyball, and this is a prime example of the work that's to be done. So shout out to the top uh, that you've mentioned all the way through. Thank you. Yeah. Now, I'm going to come to you on this match as well. By the way, a record attendance on ABC, 19,000 people attended the NCAA Division One volleyball finals okay so dr kemp your thoughts on the women's ncaa division one finals this past sunday it was a very exciting game and congratulations to to the texas longhorns they were definitely they were definitely balling um, against nebraska i actually thought nebraska was going to um was going to actually get them but texas definitely wanted it more so um and it just goes to show you that you know uh, our young ladies can definitely um, get scholarships um, in volleyball and as well as other sports but um, a lot of people watch that sports and they are definitely doing their thing so congratulations texas hook them horns hook them horns jeff one more thing on this now before all of us feel too sorry for nebraska they were 33 and 2 and they lost in the finals to texas nebraska does not have a graduating senior. Mm. Everybody's coming back. Texas had a few. Nebraska has not one senior. Jeff, your thoughts on Nebraska Cornhuskers' chance for a volleyball championship next year? Uh, I think it's looking real good. Clint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they definitely got a good shot coming back. Uh, I agree with. I mean, I didn't know Jim that uh, Jermaine O'Neal had a child. Yep, playing as well. But that's that's real big. Listen, anytime. You come into a tournament and you beat two number ones. <laughs> that, that's definitive enough. Story done. Yeah, yeah. That's Let's give it up, y'all. Hook them horns. You're number one. Texas horns this year. Now, I'm going to turn our attention to uh, women's basketball, CIAA. I'm going to talk about our standings. Here we go. And uh, in the Northern Division, Virginia Union, we're just going to do the conference records now. Okay, Virginia Union, 3-0, Virginia State, 3-1, Bowie State, 3-1, Lincoln PA, 3-1, Bluefield State, 1-2, and, and Elizabeth City State, 0-2. Now, in the Southern Division of the CIAA women, Fayetteville State, 3-0, Shaw, 1-1, Livingston, 1-1, Johnson C. Smith, 1-2, Claflin, 1-4, St. Augustine, 0-2, and Winston-Salem State. They are 0-3. So they pull up the rear and... Uh, that's the way it goes. Now, for the women, basketball, in the SIAC, in the Eastern Division, it's the conference record. Fort Valley State 4-2, and two, Savannah State 3-2, and two, Edward Waters 2-3, and three, Allen 1-3, and three, Clark Atlanta 1-4, and four, Albany State 1-5, and five, Benedict 0-5. Oh when you go to the Western Division, Kentucky State 6-0, and oh, Miles 4-0, and oh, Tuskegee 3-2, and two, Lamont 0-3-2, and and Lane 3-2, and two, Central State 3-3, three and, three, and Spring Hill. They are two and three so there you have it we're going to take a break and i'm going to come back joel and we're going to do the men's ciaa and the siac all righty let's take a quick break
All right. Welcome back. Dr. Cliff Burton, friends, featuring the very best in all the women's sports at HBCU Athletics. And uh, Joelle, take us away, men's basketball. Rounding up in the season, um, men standing for 2023-24 and upcoming in CIA. We have in the Northern Division, we have the Lincoln with a 7-7, uh, Bluefield State with a 6-8, Virginia State with a 6-6, Elizabeth City with a 4-8, Bowie State with a 5-7, and Virginia Union with a 5-7. In the Southern Division, we have Wisdom-Salem State with a 9-3, Chaffin with a 4-4, Shaw with a 4-5, St. Augustine's with a 5-7, Livingston with a 2-4, John C. Smith with a 6-4, and Fayetteville State with a 5-7. Those are the standings for the CIAA men's 23-24. Do my co-hosts or Dr. Burt, anyone have any comments on that? Well, Joel, I'm glad you asked that question. Um, it looks like uh, Virginia State six and eight, Virginia Union five and seven. They were strong last year, but uh, at least in their overall records, they don't look like they're uh, strong so far. But um, hey, we get we just get it, all right? Yes, yes. And now going to the SIAC men's basketball standing. In the East, we have Benedict with a 10-0 overall, Morehouse with a 6-4, Savannah State with a 5-3, Allen with a 7-4, Edward Waters with a 4-7, Albany State with a 5-4, Fort Valley State 3-9, and rounding up in the rear, Clark Atlanta with a 7-3. Going to the West, we have Lane, with a 3-4. Miles with a 6-3. Spring Hill with a 6-6. Lemoyne Owen with a 5-6. Tuskegee 2-9. Central State 2-11. And Kentucky State with a 2-7. Leading in conferences in the East, Benedict with a 5-0. Morehouse second with a 4-0. And in the West, Lane with a 3-2. And Miles with a 2-2. Those are our... S-I-A-C, men's basketball standing. All righty. Thank you so much, Joelle. Great job. And uh, we're going to go straight into our men's sports football. Jim, take us away. Come closer to your mic, Jim. I'm sorry. Fam, you got down 14 zip. Mm-hmm. Then came back, had a 16-10 at halftime, scored 14 straight points to lead uh, 24 to 16. Then Florida State had, I mean, um, not Florida State, I'm sorry. Howard had a pick six and actually went up. FAMU kicked a field goal and then intercepted two passes in a row to seal the deal. Now, moving on to the uh, – Division three was won by Cortland University from New York, 37, 38 to 37 over North Central. The division two was won by – 
Well, let's well, let's go to Division One AA. South Dakota and Montana will play in the finals after Christmas. And going on to the Peach Bowl, the Florida Beach Bowl was won by Fort Valley State for the first annual SIAC versus CIAA. All right. Now, moving on, because I'm on a time limit, I want to get this through, to uh, football. The NFL, we had a lot of upsets last week. But I will go over the standings with you because, you know, you've got in the East, Miami Dolphins at 10-4, and four, Baltimore Ravens in the North at 11-3, Jacksonville Jaguars, who've lost a couple in a row, 8-6. There's a three-way tie in the South with the Colts and the Texans all having 8-6 and six records. Kansas City is hanging on in the West in about 9-5. The Cowboys and the Eagles both lost. In a virtual tie with Dallas taking the lead, both teams are 10 and 4. Lions also are 10 and 4. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers in that wacky NFL South, NFC South, are 7 and 7, as are the Saints. And the San Francisco 49ers are 13 and 3. Now, my top five will be start out with the 49ers, who after losing three straight have come on and won six straight. Next, the Baltimore Ravens, also at 11 and 3. After that, I'm going to switch it up and be like Stephen Angle with the Detroit Lions, followed by the Dallas Cowboys and then the Miami Dolphins. Now, we had an incident last week with Norfolk State and Illinois State. Coach Robert Jones is still refusing to accept any apologies because they did not make them in person. They called after 6 million people saw the video. And he went back and thought that he'd heard this before. And Norfolk State played Illinois State on, I guess, uh, 12 years today. And the same thing happened where their players were called the N-word. And, you know, he said that he didn't remember it, but if he would remember it, he would have never taken that game. So they have, you know, 12 years back, the same thing has happened. Wow. Their coach is still claiming that, you know, he didn't hear what coach was trying to tell him was happening. And he apologized for it. But if you're going to yell at someone, I think you need to listen to what they're saying before you yell at them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... This will conclude my report. All righty. Thanks so much, Tim. Thanks so much. And um, we'll continue to monitor that story, the basketball game between Norfolk State and Northern Illinois, racial slurs last week, and we're all following up to see how that is going to turn out. All righty. We're going to take a minute break. So here we go. Pamela, P-A-M-E-L-A, at preneastates.com, 404 964-4294, prenaeestates.com. If you're looking for residential, commercial, land, builder, developer, and investor services, one more time, Pamela at prenaeestate.com.
right. Welcome back. Dr. Cliff Burton, friends, featuring the absolute very best in all the women's sports and HBCU athletics. We want to say hello to our engagements tonight. We have about 18 in, in the room and another 11 who are chatting, putting in the chat for us tonight. Steve, take us away. NCAA, NBA, and Draymond Green. Here we go, Steve. Hey, hey. Good evening, everyone. Well, in college, Division One basketball, we had a flip uh, because Purdue beat Arizona 92-84 at Purdue. Arizona had currently been the number one team, but Purdue knocked them off, moved into number one. And then we uh, have Kansas at number two, who beat Indiana at Indiana after being down 13, 75-71. Houston beat Texas A&M. They're the third place team. Houston is uh, 70-66, and that was probably Houston's biggest uh, test so far. They did, however, lose uh, small forward Terrence Arsenault, who uh, ruptured his Achilles tendon. Mm. He was averaging five points and four rebounds a game, and uh, he's much better than that. But uh, that's another story, Kevin Sampson. But anyway, Arizona... Dropped to number four after the loss to Purdue. UConn is still holding strong. They beat Gonzaga by 13. Marquette takes the number six spot. Oklahoma is still undefeated and playing well. They beat Arkansas by nine, 79 to 70. Tennessee is still in the top 10. At number eight, they had two big wins over Illinois and NC State on Sunday. Kentucky comes in at number nine. They beat North Carolina 87-83, led by about four freshmen who played extremely well in that game. Baylor is number 10, and they were absolutely blown out of the gym by uh, Michigan State. They lost 88-64, but the game wasn't even that close. They had them, I think, 45-17 at halftime. So they that was the Michigan State that started off the year in the top 10 and i think he had he had to play his two top freshmen booker and uh, uh xavier booker and corn car which they should have been playing the whole year but you know is but anyway um he, I, he gets a lot of credit uh, for yeah you, you won it once but anyway gets a lot of credit uh and stan in michigan Florida and Michigan are playing right now as I speak, and Michigan's actually up 61-56 with 11 minutes and 37 seconds to go in the second half. Marquette's playing Providence tonight. And also with Michigan, Jawan Howard uh, had an altercation with the strength and conditioning coach. They had an argument. Wow. It was uh, non-physical, but... Jawan is already on a uh, mm -hmm. zero zero tolerance policy. Uh, uh, I'm just, I'm surprised that he was able to keep his job after he pimp slapped the assistant coach from Wisconsin. Uh, but um, I hope he can keep his job. He's, he's and and Jim could tell you he's had a lot of difficult challenges with even getting uh, kids into the university. Uh, but uh, Hopefully, they can straighten it out. In NBA news, Draymond Green. 
received an indefinite suspension, which I thought it was a great choice, not only for the NBA, but for the Golden State Wars and Draymond Green. So they can say, hey, whatever time we give him, ought to suffice. But they said they wanted to, and um, Joe Dumars came out, and um, a lot of players came out, said they wanted to give him time to work on his problems and, and you know, be okay. Um, Steve, yeah. Yeah. Steve, I want to go to Dr. Kemp and get her thoughts on Draymond Green. And we'll come right back to you, Steve. Okay. Kemp? Yeah, I'm just uh, really surprised, you know, at uh, Draymond Green, I guess, you know, especially since, um, you know, early on, he was just seemed like such a together player, you know, playing with the, um, you know, playing with the uh, Warriors. And um, I don't know, is he just trying to, you know, be like a bad boy or make himself known, you know, as a bad boy in the NBA? I, I'm just like really surprised at his, you know, his actions here um, lately in the last couple of years here in the league. Steve, your thoughts? Thank you, Dr. I, Kemp. I, you know, that's a good observation, Dr. Kemp. And I think what's going on is outside of basketball, I'm sure. I think there's some things probably going on in his life that are kind of getting to him right now. And I don't want to speculate what it is because it's none of my business anyway. Mm -hmm. But I'm just hoping that, uh, you know, he can get the help that he needs because evidently, you know, he's got some anger issues, you know. He knocked Jordan Poole out last year. I mean, yeah. he, he, he hit that boy like he didn't even know him. Mm. I mean, he knocked that boy out. And I'm hoping, you know, and like Dr. Kim was saying, she, she was surprised. The only thing that surprises me is like, Draymond, you just went through this yeah. for choking out Rudy Gobert. And I think he probably almost could have gotten away with it because he was breaking up a fight, but he went, had to do a little extra with it. Yeah. And uh, that's what you call when keeping it real goes wrong. Mm. And I'm thinking that he'll be lucky if he's if he gets 15 games. He'll be lucky to get 15 games. And he hurts his team. Everybody talks about his defense, which he's a great defensive player, but it hurts them offensively more than anything because of the things he's able to do on offense to initiate offense and he's such a great passer and he's smart ball player so you know i'm just hoping he can get it together and steve let me get jeff jumping on this as well uh jeff your thoughts on draymond green his conduct and uh where he's headed and where the league's headed with him well my first thought is how are you going to have a bad boy from Detroit, Joe Dumas, mentoring him. <laughs> that's my first thought, and that's coming from a from a Jordan fan. So you know where I'm, you know what I'm looking at. Like, come on, man. really? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, listen, listen, man. It it should have never gotten this far. Go, mm -mm. Golden State should have sat him down, you know, because you got to look at the future. They got about. I thought two years ago they they may have gotten two more championships. That's what I was thinking. If they kept them together, and Clay and Clay got himself back together, so they should have they should have stopped they should have stopped this a long time ago. When he stepped on what's his name's chest, yeah, that was it for me. 
That that was it for me. You could really do you know severe damage to somebody stepping on their chest, man, and that's very bold. So you know you the league really has to take matters. But once again, I, Joe Dumas was handling it really. Now the commissioner said, "No, Joe, I got to take I got to take the steering wheel on this one." <laughs> All right, Jim. so that's my thoughts, man. Uh, Steve, your final thoughts. Uh, like Jeff said, and what he's saying is they have should have stopped a long time ago. They have enabled him. And when you do that, you cripple someone. And it's only done more damage to him. And, you know, speaking about uh, players with suspension, John Morant makes his return tonight. Oh. Uh, they're playing down in New Orleans. It'll be his first game. Uh, yeah. yeah. Glad to see him back. He served a 25-game suspension, and he basically remained quiet. He's got a court case that's going on right now that has nothing to do with that suspension but has to do with him trying to keep it real when you're not really about that type of life. Mm -hmm. But uh, hopefully they're going to have – probably have him. They're going to see how he is uh, condition, conditioning-wise tonight when he plays. That will determine how many minutes he's got. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, there are trade rumors going on, and the reason why is uh, Darius Garland got his jaw broken against Boston the other night, and he's going to be out an extended period of time. Okay. And Evan Mobley had knee surgery. He's going to be out about six weeks. So they don't see themselves going anywhere. So I think they may look into trading um, uh, uh, Mitchell and um, – you're looking at landing spots like New York. I've even heard that Utah even wants him back. So, right. you know, and Detroit, sorry, Jim, Detroit has 24 straight losses. All right. <laughs> Giannis, Giannis Antetokounmpo had a 64-point game. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. We got we're gonna wrap it up on that because we're gonna bring uh, Dr. Londa on and uh, but a great job as usual. We're gonna go the full full fledged basketball next week. But I want to thank you so much. Great job as usual, Steve. Great job as usual. Great job as usual. We're gonna take a minute break and then we're gonna come back and do our special edition show tonight. This is such an important topic. We cannot go through this year without it. We have with us none other than Dr. Alanda Stevens, and she's gonna talk about. She's a life coach and talk about midlife for women 40 years and older. It's a great topic, and we're going to come right back with it. back, Dr. Cliff, Burt, and friends featuring the absolute very best in all the women's sports and HBCU athletics. We're going to give you that tonight and a whole lot more, and you're about to get a lot more. She's a graduate of Fisk University in 1985. She also received her MBA from Baldwin Wallace University in 1991, and then she's going to get her doctorate of philosophy from Case Western Reserve 
University. Dr. Lana Stevens, she's a certified positive psychology, health and wellness life coach. As a life and wellness coach, she focuses on self-care and well-being for the mind, body, primarily for midlife, 40 years and older women. For women, the midlife season can be very chaotic, she states. It's a time that women may be dealing with physical and biological changes, work issues, family issues, aging parents, death, divorce, empty nests, financial issues, and achieving personal goals. She coaches women to reframe midlife and reframe it as not one of chaos and crisis, but as a renewal season. She empowers and inspires women to rediscover who they are, restore the part of themselves that they may, that may have been depleted through life's disruptive challenges. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming to Dr. Cliff Burton Friends, none other than Dr. Alonda Stevens. Yeah. Hello, how you doing, Dr. Stevens? I'm well, how are you? Can you hear me okay? Good. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Good. Yes, we can. I'm gonna I'm gonna let our co-host say hello to you and, and then we'll get started. Uh Jeff. Say hello, Dr. Alonda Stevens. Hey, good, after, good evening, Dr. Stevens. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, uh, Jeff. Thank you so much. All right. And we have Dr. Marlo Kemp, Chi-Town's finest. Here we go. Dr. Kemp. Good evening, Dr. Stevens. Welcome to the show. So glad to have you. Thank you, right. Dr. Kemp. All righty. And then we have none other than Fisk University's Volleyball Hall of Famer, Miss Joelle Bowers. Say hello, Joelle. Hello, good evening, Dr. Alonda Stevens. Welcome, fellow Fiskai. We're looking forward to your expertise. Thank you. Uh -huh. So glad to be here. Fisk uh -huh. forever. Fisk forever. Yeah. You got that right. And then we're going to welcome our basketball analyst and uh, a legend. He's a coach, son of a coach, none other than Steve. Say hello to Dr. Alonda Stevens. Hello, Dr. Stevens. Good evening. How are you? I'm doing well, Steve. Thanks for asking. Good. <laughs> All righty. Well, uh, Dr. Alonda Stevens and, and audience, forgive me if I slip up and call her Dr. Lonnie because we went to school together. But Dr. Alonda <laughs> Stevens is an outstanding young lady. Um, tell us about your company. You started <clears throat> in 2020 and uh, addressing these issues. So tell us the name. Tell us how you came to that point, And then we'll have some questions from our, our team. I'll start with myself. And then... Uh, our audience as well in the chat room. So tell us, how did you come here with your company? Tell us the name of the company and take us from there, Dr. Stevens. All right, thank you. So glad to be here. And mm -hmm. thank you, Dr. Cliff, for um, inviting me uh, to, to the show. So um, how I got here, it really goes back many years. Um, because I have been coaching and mentoring, consulting, advising for a very long time. Um, first started back in, after I graduated from Fisk when I lived in Memphis and I was uh, in the Big Brothers Big Sisters. So that was kind of like my first um, foray into mentoring and things of that sort. So, you know, fast forward, you know, you go through life and um, in 2019, uh, I divorced after being married for 27 years at that point. And I was also an empty nester. I have three children. They're all adults. Um, and they were away at college or one of them may have recently graduated. And 
I, as I was going through my healing process, I realized in looking back how unwell I was. And I say that, and I don't know if unwell is a word, but it's the word that I use. Um, I, I, I say that in the fact that I was still functioning. I was still going to work every day. I was living life. I was involved in the community. I was doing all sorts of things. But when I look at some of the decisions I made did not come from a healthy space. Um, decisions about my health, um, not eating well, um, financial decisions, um, when, you know, spending was taking the place of feeling, staying busy, you know, so just all of these things. And so as I went through therapy, because I did go through therapy and, you know, began my process, when I came in on the other side of that, thanks be to God, um, I start talking to women and I realized that there are a lot of women in this place. And so my focus really began um, wanting women to feel happy and whole because we often give so much of ourselves and that we don't place ourselves um, as a priority. Mm -hmm. So I started my company, the, the, the name of the company is Charm Life Enterprise LLC and it's a personal growth and development, but my coaching practice is called Midlife Renaissance Collective. Because as you mentioned in the introduction, I want women to really reframe midlife from chaos and crisis to one of renewal and renaissance. Um, these can be the, the, the best years of our life. You know, studies have shown that women, you know, tend to peak in creativity, and we see a lot of businesses that are starting are being started by women. And so I just want women to be renewed and refreshed in their mind, body, and soul and unlocking, you know, lifelong fulfillment. And what I say, experience greater in their later, you know, greater joy, greater love, greater peace, just whatever that looks like to you. So that's how I kind of uh, got started. Uh, with really focusing on midlife women. Um, as we know, midlife, things happen. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> uh, you know, physically, the first thing I think that goes in your eyes, right? You need some readers. <laughs> that, that's the first thing. But, you know, for, for women, you know, going through menopause, and that is a real thing, Right. And it's more than just hot flashes that most people commonly associate with menopause. But you have health challenges, you have change in relationships. Um, study is showing that people are divorcing later in life. It's called the gray divorce. Mm -hmm. You also have people remarrying um, in midlife. You have empty nest, caring for aging parents. Um, career changes. So a lot of us are either thinking about retiring, retiring, or realizing that what we've been doing is no longer fulfilling. And mm -hmm. so while these things can happen at any point in life, they all kind of converge in midlife. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Londa, Dr. Londa uh, I'll take the first question here, because, you know, 
I wanted to make sure the men were on this program as well. Three of your co-hosts, including myself, have daughters, goddaughters, granddaughters, et cetera. And one of the things, do you run across clients, and I want to know how you coach them. I'm going to come back before they can even get married. A lot of women, as they get toward that 40, 35 to 40, and because of the way society forms women, that if they are not married or don't have children and heading into the 40 or past 40, they are made to feel less than whole or feel less than whole. How do you counsel that? So you're you're right. Um, society has <laughs> conditioned women in a lot of ways. Um, and the way I coach my clients, because I, I do have a client who is feeling that way. She's not married and, you know, she's heading to, she's a little over 40 and, you know, like, well, what's wrong with me? And so what I coach them is to go back inside, right? Because we have been taught, not just women, to seek our validation from external sources, right? Um, what society says is pretty, what society says is successful, what society so, says is wealthy, right? And so what I coach them is to kind of look back in yourself. And that's all a part of, you know, what we do is, is rediscovering who you are, um, your essence, your core, what are your likes, your dislikes, and helping women to understand that they are worthy. Because when you get in that conversation about why am I not married, then you, you come up with these um, inner thoughts that women have, um, inner barriers, you know, I'm not good enough, I'm not pretty enough, you know, I'm not this enough. Um, so that whole I'm not enough and really peeling back the, the, the layers of that. Um, and so that's when you start feeling like, oh, my God, I have to do this and helping them to redefine life on their own terms, because we have the power to create the life we desire. But it starts with feeling good with yourself on the inside. So that's what I really start getting to is, you know, that you matter, that you are enough, you are worthy, you are deserving and a lot of us struggle with the whole worthy conversation um, and, and dialogue and, and the self-talk that we have, uh, we say to ourselves, which, you know, really breeds the imposter syndrome. And it's something that I fight against the imposter syndrome because I have felt that way despite my successes, my achievements, you know, really feeling like, okay, I belong here. I belong at the table and I'm um, just feeling that that confidence. Um, but society, right? And I would say a male dominated society and I'm not bashing men and this is a, a systemic issue, right? Where women are made to feel you have to be strong. You know, you can't cry at work. You know, if you're so aggressive, then, you know, you get called out of your name, you know, and so we have this, we, we're, we're carrying all of this. And so we got to peel that back to really dig deep into our feminine power. I'm going to let the next question or statement come from Dr. Kemp, and then we're going to go to Jeff. Dr. Kemp? 
Sure. For Dr. Stevens. Thanks, Dr. Stevens. Um, I like the fact that you say that the midlife season is, is for women to look at it as a renewal season, you know, for us to empower ourselves and rediscover who we are. So definitely, I, I definitely like those words. But what is the one, either the one word, the one advice that you can either give to us as women going through this, as well as um, our partners, women partners, whether it be uh, male partners, you know, women partners, just to help us get through these struggles and challenges, you know, that we definitely would face. I think the one thing that we need to impress upon our partners and our loved ones is that we matter. I matter. My feelings matter. My needs matter. My desires matter. Because we're so used to giving and giving and giving, we put ourselves at the bottom of the list and we need to extend ourselves the same love, grace, and compassion that we give to others, to ourselves. And the whole notion of self-care. Um, I am a huge proponent of self-care and I do a lot for my self-care. And when I talk about self-care, I don't mean just getting your hair and nails done. Right. I mean, self-care for your mind, your body and your soul. So that is important. And to realize that self-care isn't selfish. And what happens is when you engage in self-care activities, you are better for the whole. Mm -hmm. Think about, you know, happy wife, happy life. Right. Or, um, you know, so, when mom is not happy, nobody's happy. Mm -hmm. So letting your partner know or your friends or whomever, like, hey, I need to go take a walk or I need to go get a massage or I need a half hour just to read a book. Whatever it is that refuels your soul, I need that so I can come back as a better version of me and which ultimately helps the collective. Mm -hmm. Amen. We're going to go to Jeff, Dr. Stevens. Jeff? Yes, uh, Dr. Steve, this is a little heavy for me. Um, so <laughs> I'm, coming, I'm coming from a direction of a, a seasoned divorcee with an adult daughter. And, you know, we're trying to look at what I can do for myself. But while I'm listening to you, what can you advise men to do to learn and 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 you know direct themselves to help the women in their lives understand the women in their lives you know not only at my age which is up there <laughs> but even at a younger age where we may be able to to kind of you know catch some things earlier and block them off before they go left so one of the things again it is having those conversations and providing a safe space because many women don't feel safe i don't mean necessarily from a physical perspective but they don't feel safe to express how they feel or they don't feel safe to express their needs again i go to the work example 
that's not a safe space to go in and, you know, cry or be upset about something, right? Because we're all told, you know, don't cry at work. Well, there could be something going on where I may need to cry at work, but we don't feel safe because if I do this and that is perceived as a sign of weakness. And if I'm weak, then they're not going to promote me in the job. And we also experience that level of not being safe within our relationships. And I don't just mean romantic relationships, but it could be friendships where you know, you're, you're walking on eggshells or you're not sure what to say, or um, you don't want to uh, express how you really feel because of the guilt and shame that you may feel, or you may feel embarrassed by a situation. And so it is being able to provide that safe space and letting them know, like, I care about what you need. What is it that you need? How can I support you in what it is you're doing? And, and provide that, that safe space where they feel like, okay, I can, I can open up and really express how I feel without judgment or um, consequences or negative consequences. All right. All righty. We're going to take a best 30 seconds and then we're coming right back. Dr. Alonda Stevens. Yeah. Welcome back. We want to encourage those who are in the chat room, type in your questions in the chat. We'll get them. We'll get them to uh, Dr. Stevens. We're going to come to Dr. Uh, Ms. Joelle Bowers and then Steve. Uh, Joelle, your questions, conversation, concern, but none other than Dr. Alonda Stevens, the life coach. Yes, thank you. Uh, Dr. Alonda Stevens, during this time as we go through, I consider it a post-traumatic or PTSD world, dealing with the pandemic, the COVID, other personal and environmental parental situations, um, all the courts, everything is affecting us all at once, whether you male or female. I think it's very important, and I agree with you on first, know exactly who you are and where you want to be. And from there, they can design or decide how to step up. And the one thing I would say, uh, we cannot do this alone. And I'm so thankful that you're out there sharing your expertise Uh with others. And my one question that I have is on your uh, awareness and light on this situation is in building a firm foundation. Where would you say it would begin first? Mine is with faith. And of course, with family and finances and fitness and fun along with food and water. But where would you uh, say that we should start wherever we are, what we're going through? That, that, that's a good question. And I appreciate what you said about community because community is, is so important and we can't do this alone. It, I don't have a one size fits all in terms of where you start. But if I had to pick one, 
it would be your mental and physical health. And the reason why I say that is you may have a goal to, I don't know, uh, let's just say you're in the process of writing a book, right? Um, but, you know, life is life. And, and if you're not getting enough rest, if you're not um, sleeping properly, you don't have the stamina to put in an hour or two a day to write your book, right? And so, and also if your mind is um, bombarded with all types of situations and things that are going on because, you know, life is life and right. So um, being able to protect your, your mental health. And with that, for me, that's what I say, protect your peace, right? That's another thing. I protect my peace at all costs, right? Mm -hmm. And understanding those things that don't serve me, don't work well for me, um, being able to, to say no, so I think if you get your physical health together and your mental health, it gives you the stamina that you need to complete some of the other goals. Right alongside of that, I would say um, faith, right? Believing in something greater than yourself. For me, I'm a believer in God and that is my foundation. But you have to believe in, in something greater. All right, we're gonna open it up. Steve, a question, comment, Dr. Alana Stevens. Wow, <laughs> wow, uh, Dr. Stevens. Uh, I've got uh, three daughters. Uh, the oldest is thirty-five, and and uh, my wife and I also have twins that are twenty-eight. And and two of them are, are Dr. Cliff's goddaughters. Yes. And a lot of the things you said, especially part about, you know. That maybe not being good enough, what's wrong with me, and you have to be happy. And I try to tell them, you have to be happy with from within first. And my wife was, she, she always had high self-esteem and everything, and she didn't have those kind of problems. And we tried to tell them how strong they are because all four of the women that, uh, that uh, well, five including my mother, are stronger than me. And especially, uh, black women I, you know i've watched black women operate my whole life and i've always just been amazed by them my, my mother my wife my daughter and i just wish i could get them to internalize the type of people they are and how strong they are you don't take a back seat to anybody any man any woman you don't take a back seat to anybody. Your voice should be heard just as much as a man's. My wife and I, we're equal. Uh, she may be a, she's probably ahead of me, but anyway. <laughs> but, and, that's, and that's with good reason, with good reason. But I'm just hoping, I thought I was doing a lot right uh, until I was listening to you. And I, I say I'm kind of there, but I, there's still some things I think I could be better at just from, from listening to you. And I just wish that uh, I'm gonna have my kids download this and listen to you because they, they need to hear it. I mean, my daughters, they just don't realize how wonderful and how powerful they are. And I've always said, 
women are the stronger sex. I said, you, you, you look at what women have to go through, especially as black women and how they come out on top and the ones that don't, that are not defeated by the pressures of society and the pressures of men, you know. I appreciate uh, what you're saying and women, particularly black women being strong. But the downside of that is that's a heavy burden to be strong, right? Because everyone is depending on you to be strong. And sometimes we don't want to have to be strong right we need we have that vulnerable place too and that's the part i talked about of being safe right so everybody is looking at us to be strong and yes we, we we do all these things but i would subscribe that a lot of things we do are born out of necessity because mm. we have to do them not mm. necessarily because we want to always do them right and so we think about our grandmothers and our great grandmothers and, and what they endure, right? We pass that on generation to generation, but they don't have they didn't have the options that we have now. So some of their things are born out of survival. When you think of today and you may have a single parent home, the mother, she's not strong because she wants to be strong all the time and playing mommy and daddy she doesn't have a choice mm. and so often we are operating out of our masculine energy and mm. with the masculine energy is you know i'm gonna do it i'm gonna get her i'm gonna you know you have these alpha women and high achieving women that we don't know how to operate out of our feminine energy because we always have to be ready to operate out of our masculine energy. So yes, it's good to say we're strong, but also acknowledge that there are parts of us that need nourishing, um, encouragement, mm -hmm. um, and, and having that Thank you so much. That's a great question, great answer. Um, I'm going to come to James, you next. Uh, I'm going to ask this, Dr. Stevens, it's okay with you. This is a great conversation. We normally in the nine, I'm going to ask if you could stick around for 10 or 15 more minutes. Uh, if anybody or anybody in the chat wants to continue this, put yes in the chat for me. I know you want to because we want to have a few more questions. Great show. Um, I'm going to ask this question. No, I'm going to open it up for Jim, and then we'll come back around. Who wants right. the last season? Jim? I could never know when he's coming out. I'm going to have to go back here. Okay. Let me ask this. Jim wasn't ready. Um, and by the way, we have 66 people, Dr. Londa, engaged in Podbean listening to this beside the 13 that are in the chat room. I just want to let you know, this is very, very in demand. Now, Ooh. this is my question. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I Can told you the title of the show was, It's Time to Talk, okay? It, it is time. And <laughs> Did I not? <laughs> I, I want to give yeah. voice to the um, 20 and 30-somethings. And so I'm also working um, something because I held a conference at the end of October. It was the Midlife Woman Empowerment Conference. And I had a couple 
um, people under 40 there and they liked it. It's like, you know, Dr. Arlanda, you need to provide something for us. And so, um, so I believe it was Jeff who, who said, you know, his daughter. So um, stay tuned. Um, go uh, to my website and get on my uh, email list and so I can keep you posted of when I'll be doing something for young for the younger women because yes. the Bible tells us the mm-hmm. older women are to instruct the younger women mm-hmm. and our mothers and grandmothers didn't give us all of this information to equip us and it wasn't uh ill-intended or ill-will, right? But life is life. And, you know, so you think about, yeah, you impart some things, but um, so just trying to help some of the the younger women. And I also want to acknowledge and give voice to the men in midlife Mm -hmm. because that is real too. And I know... is on women in coaching, I can also coach men, right? It's just that my target audience, (laughs) right? Because men experience midlife chaos and crisis too. Come on, Doc. For some of the same reasons. Health (laughs) challenges, um, things don't work the way they used to work. Uh, (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh. Legacy, you know, you think about your mortality and how, you know, are you are you leaving your family in an okay situation? You know, so it is not um, I, I am very much aware that men have challenges, too. And it was funny. I was talking to um, a man a couple months ago and telling him what I was doing. He said, well, I feel the same way. He was a single father and his son had gone off to college. He said, I'm an empty nester. And I was used to going to all his sports game and I'm trying to figure out what it is I'm supposed to do. And I was like, wow. And that's when it really hit me because I know men aren't talking about this at the barbershop, right? Mm-hmm. Because it requires a level of vulnerability to say, hey, what's, what's happening here? So I just want to... Um, let the audience know that I am aware um, that, you know, midlife chaos and crisis is an equal opportunity employer. Oh, yeah. Amen. Amen. Dr. Alanda, uh, we're going to go around again. Uh, and this I want to get to. You talk about so many things that cause chaos, emptiness, divorce, death. But one of the things for women, they outlive men. We know that. Uh, there is the force where you can be on your own. We know that. The importance, and, and you've been in the banking industry, of women learning to handle their finances because it's a very strong possibility either you may not get married, marry and divorce, or outlive your spouse and need to know that skill. Uh, after your answer, I'm going to come to uh, Dr. Kent with the next question. But uh, speak on that. Absolutely critical, right? To to understand finances. And again, that's when you talk about being healthy, right? And healthy in your your mind, your body, and your soul. Overall wellness and well-being and being financially healthy is a part of that. So understanding, you know, the, the basics of 
budgeting or a spending plan and understand what that looks like. Know where your money is going. Know, you know, if you're putting money in a 401k or a 403b or whatever, your retirement plan, have some understanding about that because you are right. There are many women whose husbands pass or they are divorced and they have no idea about the finances. And it's not just um, the, the finances, but insurance policies and um, making sure that you have all of your legal affairs, you know, your estate and having a, a will, a living will, and all those types of things need to, to be in order. So um, that is very, very important to understand that. And then also you understand that the spending piece, you mm -hmm. know, as I mentioned earlier about when spending takes the place of feeling and just understanding, you know, kind of where you are. And one of the things um, when I talk on money mindset is having that abundance mindset and not uh, one of scarcity and lack. And that keeps us tripped up as well, um, which is key into managing your finances and understanding, having an understanding of your finances and how your money works for you, mm -hmm. right? Money goes where you tell it to go. Talk now. Money Talk. doesn't spend itself. You tell it what to go. Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Londa, before we move on with uh, Dr. Kemp's question, could you please give us the website? Because it's going to be on the show. We average between 35 and 50 downloads of this show each week. So this show goes on. So tell us where they can find your website and those who want to contact and find out about you further. You can go to my website. It's real easy. It's drlondastevens.com. Okay. All right. I'll put that in the chat. Uh, Dr. Alonda. Stevens.com. That's pretty easy. Even I can get that one. All right. <laughs> okay. We're going to open up. Dr. Kim. Sure. Um, thank you, um, Dr. Stevens. I'm glad that you touched on the, the, our, our younger women and, and younger men, because um, that was actually one of my questions. But um, my current question is, what advice would you give to um, men and women that are preparing for marriage? And what are your thoughts on a um, a prenup prenuptial agreement? Are you talking about marrying in midlife? Or uh, either, either. Are you talking about a 40, 50, or 60-year-old remarrying or marrying for the first time? Or... First time and uh, and or remarrying, just just your thoughts, helpful thoughts. So you know, I I have mixed emotions about prenuptial agreements. Um, I can understand when you would want to put something in place. I think if you are, you know, let's just say fifty five, sixty, and you have an inheritance, um, you know that goes back, you know, generations and things of that sort, right? Um, you may want to protect that, right? Um, so I could see where you may say, uh, a, you may want a prenuptial agreement. 
but and then the but the other side of me is saying um all for one one for all right and if we go into this as a partnership and teamwork and what's yours is mine and what's mine is yours you know that's one of the decisions you make when you choose to marry someone right because you marry the whole person you marry them their children their pets all of that right they all come together and you know create this this blended family um and i understand dealing with blended families can really be a thing and can be difficult especially if two people and you have adult children and you know all of that and you know so it can be very um very complicated i would certainly advise um for premarital counseling um to ensure that those issues are discussed because one of the things that happen is we don't talk about a lot of stuff and then it happens like oh we didn't talk about that right you know what do you do if you know your children they don't like his children and his children don't like your children right you know and they don't like you and you know so you have all these dynamics going on i think those things need to be talked about and how you will address them um in in your marriage mm -hmm. now Dr. Stevens, the next question is Jeff. Then we go to Joel. You know, Jeff warmed up. He, uh, he unmiked himself. He's ready to jump in now. So we're going to unmike him. Before we do, Jeff, in your next question, we want to say hello. Fisk University's Basketball Hall of Famer, Renee Spencer, has joined the line. Hello, Renee. Jeff, the next question, comment, yeah, yeah. Dr. Stevens. Yes, Dr. Stevens. So <clears throat> one, of the, one of the most difficult things for uh, a parent is when there is a divorce, a split up, mm -hmm. and the child is significantly affected by that, by that division. Uh, I heard you talk about uh, safe space, and what 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 ideas would you do you offer for uh, how to address a child that's you know that's affected from their parents, uh, you know, divorcing. So that that's a very real question and very real to me um as i mentioned when i divorced my children were adults um they the youngest one had just gone off to, to college come a little closer to the mic uh dr lonnie a little closer to the mic we're losing you mm -hmm. uh, okay great so, okay is that better much better Okay, so my youngest daughter had just gone off to to college, and so um, it was it was a lot, and just kind of acknowledging. Um, but it, so, in some regards, because they were away, they were not in and, and didn't see. You know, it was just like kind of the after effects, right? They go home, I mean, they go off to college, they come back, the family is, you know, dissipated and things are going on. And so really letting them know um, and, and having an open ear to see and ask how they're feeling. So I talk to each of my children before, you know, we separated and they were not caught off guard. They were not surprised. 
And that's the thing of when you do divorce later in life, your kids are grown, near grown teenagers. So they understand they can see some things and we, we're not saying anything, um, but they are, are picking up on it. And so just understanding how they feel and, and how they feel it is okay and giving them permission to not be okay um, and providing them and being somewhat open, you don't have to give them every detail, but just letting them know how you're feeling too, right? And letting them know that it's not you and or because of you and different things that happen, you know, between, you know, me and your father and just having that conversation. And for me, I had to acknowledge, you know, my part in it, right? It takes two. So I'm not going to say, it was, he did this, he, 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 he was, you know, I, I played a part. And so being able to um, apologize to my children um, for what they saw, uh, what they were exposed to, mm-hmm. um, letting them know, you know, my part in it and uh, using that as life lessons, right? Some of the things when people ask me about, you know, marriage things, I was like, well, I can tell you some things, but some things I can tell you just because I'm looking back on things I could have done differently um, or could have handled better. And I have now grown and learned from that. Thank you so much. All right. Before we go to Joel, I'm going to see if we can bring Jim. Jim, are you there? Question or comment for Dr. Lardner? Then we're coming to you, Joel. Jim. Okay. Joel, we're coming to you. Joel. Yes, yes, thank you. Dr. Alanda, uh, I just want to talk for a minute on the family and generational curses, but in a positive way uh, to where we have solutions and remedies uh, that will that are coming aboard for this as we provide and protect for the next generations. So for instance, my example, getting right to it. I've been married twice, twice divorced. Uh, but yet I still believe in love. I still believe in positivity. I'm so grateful that all my kids are grown and I now have grandkids, correct? But at the same time, whatever led up to a divorce of a, or us not being together uh, uh, as a family unit, I think it's time that we uh, forgive trespasses, forgive us, forgive ourselves, and just everyone get on the right accord. These young kids are next generations that are being brought up. They don't want to have to deal with any kind of arguing, fighting, or abuse. Uh, it's trauma for them. Though We try to remedy ourselves through some type of addiction. A lot of it can be caused through medication or whatever, but it's still an addiction. And um, last on when you're dealing with anxiety, the mental trauma that is expressed, they will diagnose you with um, bipolar, schizophrenia, different things. And as an educator in this world of over 20 something years, retire. I see these students and you can almost tell the way they act, respond and sit down. And you notice that once they're, they're confident and they feel safe, as you said, Dr. Orlando, you will see them blossom and bloom and become create, creative. So I believe there's a healing and uh, we may go on, but we must acknowledge 
what's right and what's wrong. Thank you so much. And I, I so agree with you. A lot of what we see, a lot of us are trying to live and love out of trauma. And for so long, we have thought trauma to be, you know, the house blows up or everybody's killed in a, you know, car accident or something like that. And yes, those are traumatic things, but trauma can be very, um, it doesn't have to be at that magnitude to have an everlasting impact. And so my first thing is you need to get into therapy with a licensed professional. And I'm so glad that within the last several years, come to normalize therapy and to be okay with not being okay, right? Because until you deal with that trauma and do whatever you need to do to deal with that, it's going to repeat itself. Mm. And we also have to, um, work past, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, the guilt and shame. We are carrying so much shame for what we did or what we didn't do, and we're guilty and we're embarrassed and, and all that. And what that does is keep you stuck, right? And you don't want to share your story. You have to be vulnerable. When I started doing this work, I had to be vulnerable. I had to tell my story, right? And people were looking like, oh my God, I didn't know. I, I know you didn't know, right? Because we're so good at wearing a mask. No, you didn't know, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. But your story is going to help and heal and help someone else heal. So we have to get to that place of being vulnerable and letting our kids know, you know, this is where I fell short. We always try to be this perfect person, but I've come to realize that you can be brilliant and imperfect. Mm. You better preach, girl. You better preach, Doc. Come on, man. Absolutely. All righty. Uh -huh. We're going to come Steve and then Dr. Kemp. Uh, we'll let you usually get the last comment and with Dr. Londa, and then we'll be able to get out of here. I do want to announce that we're now at 17 people who are in the chat room and 90 people in the pod being were up were engaged in our show. So, Dr. Londa Stevens, thank you for helping educate us all. And let me say this, Dr. Stevens, you don't know this. Not only are we heard in this country, but we've had people downloading our show from Bangladesh, Singapore, Poland, Ukraine. So you are educating the women of the world. Steve. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Steve. Yes. Uh, this is, this has just been a great conversation. And, uh, Dr. Stevens was talking about, uh, therapy and um you know admitting that you needed some help and um you know i was uh i was in a situation that uh with my job and um i know i went through some things and um i was harassed and um you know i, I could have had a lawsuit but i was a basketball coach and um i got fired but i didn't get fired because i was because of coaching uh, basically they deemed me an outlaw and they deemed me an outlaw because they said I took care of my kids and I kept them out of trouble. 
And they didn't know that it was going to get back to me that uh, that this was said. It's a very reliable source. And they also said that uh, that I would never coach again. And the guy that actually fired me actually uh, got a promotion. Of course, then he gets fired. And the other guy that got rid of me, he gets fired. And then I had two more principals that would low down, and they got fired. But it's always after... The damage is done. And as uh, a, a black man, you know, a, t- a lot of times it's hard to admit that you need um, help and to get therapy. And um, I know with my situation, it went on for seven years. I was at the school eight years. It went on for seven years. And a lot of my uh, peers didn't even know about it because I kept it a secret, but some knew and it started to get out, and people were coming to ask me questions, what's going on. I mean, they even told me, we can't fire you because of basketball. And um, so why you fire me? And they never would tell me. So they started having to make stuff up. And so I said, well, that's a lie because I wrote everything down. I document. My mother was assistant superintendent of schools. She said, anytime you have something, document it. So, you know, I went through this thing, and... Um, I had a state tournament team over at a school that in Nashville, Tennessee, is one of the ones that you ain't ever going to get to the state at, and we got to the state. But I tried to do as much as I could to help kids, and uh, I was vilified for it. And my father, who was a coach who Cliff knows, he did the exact same things I did, and he was lauded. They loved him. But me, they hated and I had to promise my mother, and this goes back to therapy because my wife thinks that, you know, I should get therapy for it because, you know, I, it still comes up. I still get mad. I still say some things uh, that I shouldn't say, some things that I can have done, but I won't do them. So I had to actually make a promise to my mother that nothing would happen. But I did put a stipulation on it. I said, as long as you are alive, <laughs> nothing's going to happen. Now she's in dementia, so I'm wondering if it still counts. <laughs> but Dr. Stevens, I think you're right, and I don't want to admit that I I need help from it because why not? You know, I, why I, why I, not? I don't, and I was I was done so dirty that. Uh, it affected people around me that I work with. Absolutely. I didn't want to be around them because they had to say something to them if I was around them. It was that bad. And then somebody said, well, coach, do you have a, is it a racial discrimination? I said, nope. They were all black. My assistant coach came to me. I'll never forget. He was upset one day. And I asked him what was wrong. He said, I can't even talk right now. I'm coach, I'm so mad. I said, I'll talk to you later. Went to him later. I said, coach, what's wrong? He said to me, I quote, coach, I don't care whatever you do, it ain't ever going to be good enough. And I told him, I know. And he said, why? I said, man, if you find out, let me know. But, doc, I need help. And I know I need help because I still have the anger and the 
And I'm sorry to say this, y'all, the violence that I want to inflict because I was done so bad, and I know I'm wrong. I've asked God to help me to not do anything. I, 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 <laughs> I mean, I have asked God, and I, I still... Yeah. And God is a provider, and he has provided therapy. Yeah. God and therapy are a very good combination. And I appreciate you for acknowledging how you're feeling, um, particularly on this show with, with so many people. Um, and it's okay to have those feelings. It's nothing wrong with having those feelings. Right. I, I taught that in school as long as you don't act on them. <laughs> right. If you're, but if you're still hurting and you're still feeling some type of way, that's okay. That is okay. And I would strongly encourage you to go and talk to someone to help process those feelings. Because what happens is they keep you bound, right? And they keep you stressed. Amen. Stress kills. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm very big on protecting my peace and, you know, saying no. <laughs> like, no is the fourth no. Right. Mm. So, you want to make sure you process that so you can live a fulfilled and abundant life and you're not carrying that. Right. Because what we do is we keep these old stories going. Right? We, we, we rehearse these old stories. Mm -hmm. And the old story doesn't work for the new season that you're in. Right. So you yeah. have to let that story go. And if you right. need help doing it, it's okay. And it's mm -hmm. never too late. All righty. I'm glad you said that because I was always thinking, I'm sorry, Cliff, that, that it was too late. I'm it's glad you said that. Late. It's never too late to be free, to be happy, to Amen. be whole. Amen. Uh, I think if we had to say uh, we needed a show and the right show to end this year on, we found it. Uh, I'm gonna let Dr. Uh, Kemp make her last comment here. Uh, you know, Dr. Londa, uh, thank you is not even appropriate enough. I don't know what to say. I mean, this has been incredible. Dr. Kemp, I'll let you go. All right, Dr. Kemp. Yes, thank you so much. Dr. Stevens, I really hope Dr. Burt uh, invites you back for part two. Oh, yes. Yeah. As you can see, we all need it. And I just remember my mom used to tell us uh, peace of mind is the greatest thing that you can ever have. It's okay to be vulnerable at times because it doesn't do anything but make you a stronger and better person. So, I mean, there's no no words that we could say to thank you so much for coming on and just opening up this dialogue with us tonight. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and allowing me to um, speak to your, you know, speak to the audience. And if there was just one last thing I would say sure. is you matter. Mm-hmm. Male, female, young and old, you matter. Your feelings, your desires, your goals, 
they matter. Mm -hmm. And they must matter to you first. Put yourself on your priority list. Schedule time with yourself so that you can live the rest of your life as the best days of your life. Amen. Amen. Dr. Londa, uh, you don't need an invitation. Our show is your show. You know that. <laughs> I promise just you that. Let me know. Just let me know. And I'm, I'm here. I would love to you know, come back and, you know, if there's a Absolutely. specific topic or, you know, just the, I really like the open forum. Absolutely. And asking questions and, you know, being able to help. But I'm here um, to, to serve um, because I want us to be healthy and whole. And it's well, you, nothing like having peace of mind and just being happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I want to say that there are 18 people now that are listening in the chat room and 104 who are listening online in the engagement room also want to say thank you. So stay right there for a second. I'm going to let everybody, all the co-hosts, it doesn't matter about formality, open up your mics, tell Dr. Lonnie, thank you for us. Everybody, open up your mics. Tell them thank you. Unmike and tell them thank you, everybody. Thank you, Dr. Alondi. I appreciate it so much and all the jewels that you dropped on us. And this would definitely carry us into the new year with something positive and enlightening. Thank you, all the co-hosts for your dynamics and those that share wonderful stories. Thank you so much. All righty. So uh, we'll be back. Thank you, Doc. Thank you, Doc. Appreciate it so much. Yes, yes. You're so very welcome. I'm All so right. glad that I could um, could be here. Absolutely. Uh, we'll be back. I'm just, I don't have anything else to say. We'll be back in 168 <laughs> hours from now. One more time, everybody. Say thank you, Dr. Alanda Stevens. Thank you, Lonnie. Thank you. Thank you. Merry Christmas, everyone. Thank you. God bless, everybody. God bless. Thank you. Go Dr. Giants. Cliff, Bert, and friends. You got that right. All righty, y'all. <laughs>